Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Miles Olson podcast. The topic of today's episode is a post-death perspective on life. And without further ado, let's begin. So I first learned about David Berman um, right after he passed away in August of 2019. David Berman was an American musician, songwriter, poet, and I, I heard about him after he passed away because I follow a couple of music websites and um, I saw this enormous outpouring of grief, heartbreak, love, and reverence for David Berman from fellow artists and from his very devoted cult fan base. Um, I think that the people who loved and knew David Berman considered, considered him a genius of sorts, and with good reason, because um, after I learned about David Berman, I did a deep dive into his life and his work, and he had a, a life's work to dive into. He had all of these albums spanning several decades, and um, he had so much brilliant, beautiful songwriting. Uh, he had this poetic, irreverent genius that did come through um, in in his writing, in his music. And uh, it was a profound gift to be able to experience it. And I was also experiencing it from a different perspective than I normally would have been because I was coming to David Berman's art, um, you know, knowing that David Berman had just passed away in a tragic and sad way, he chose to end his own life. And, and so it's like, in some way, it felt like the best part of me was, was stirred awake by that. And I was looking at his work in this incredibly pure, um, open, empathetic, uh, reverential way. It's like the innocence in me was looking for the innocence in him. This very innocent part in me was just so curious. Why did he do that? Why did he leave in that way? And uh, what was his life like? And what did he leave behind? It was just so many questions coming from this very innocent place. And so, like I said, I found myself look, looking at David Berman in a very hallowed way. It's like I was seeing the sacred of David Berman. And everything was more beautiful and profound than it might have otherwise been um, because of the circumstances under which I was looking. He was no longer here. And that, for me, changes perspective. It changes everything. During this year, I was doing this a lot uh, in probably Part, part of it was that I was processing the death of a very close friend of mine who passed away at the start of that year. And I noticed that whenever I would do one of these deep dives, and there was many of them, it was almost whenever I would see a, a headline of someone who had passed away, I, 
I found that my heart was like so open. I was seeing the individual whose life had come to an end in such a sacred and benevolent way. And I asked myself the question after a while, as I noticed how beautiful this felt. There was a sadness for sure, but it's like when somebody passes, all of a sudden there's this perspective, there's this realness, a bunch of bullshit that might have mattered, some egoic, petty shit that might have gotten in the way of seeing someone while they're alive. Suddenly that vanishes. And I I realized as this kept on happening that it was kind of silly that I would only feel this for people once they had died. It was actually quite ridiculous that I would only feel this for people once they had died. And and so I realized that a a challenge for me, now that I, I realized this was a pathway to empathy. Oh, if you just remember that people die... Will your heart instantly open to them? Sometimes, for me, yeah, sometimes it's that easy. Sometimes um, all it takes is remembering, wait a minute, this person who I might be frustrated by or disagree with or or I'm annoyed by, I mean, we're all going to die. We're all here for so short. None of this petty shit matters. Like I mentioned, at the start of 2019, I lost a very close friend, and I was very shaken by that. It it completely floored me, and for several months, I was kind of just in ground zero of grief. And that grief still continues, um, as grief does, in waves. It rises here and there. But there was several months where I was just um, really, really rocked. And during that period, um, that innocent part of me that just wanted to understand why, what, you know, what's going on, why did this happen, um, I found myself reading a lot of books to find answers for that part of me, that, that curious, confused, hurting part of me, um, and I read a lot, I read some books by people who worked in hospices, like Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, among others, um, and had um, interviewed or studied or worked with a lot of people who are at the end of their life. And and through that reading, there was like an emergent themes of what people regret at the end of their life. And uh, I'm going to just really generalize here, but I feel like from what I remember, many of the regrets... That, that people commonly had, had to do with things like, I wish I had told my kids I love them more, or I wish I had told my dad I loved him more, or I wish I had spent more time with my wife, or my parents, or my son, or my brother, or my friends. I wish that I had taken risks that my shame and insecurity kept me from taking. I wish that I had been more vulnerable. 
I wish that I had um, been more vulnerable to do things that might have been embarrassing, but that my heart wanted so bad to tell someone that I care about them, to express those hidden things that I kept secret, but that were eating me up inside. I wish I had just told them that I was sorry. I feel sorry now. Um, People often seem to regret things related to not having loved in a way that felt complete now that they were on their deathbed. There was this sobering realization of the permanence or the impermanence of it all. And I share this because it kind of ties back to the question I asked myself after looking deeply at David Berman and others. Um, Why, knowing these things, would I wait? Why would I wait to do all of those things? Why would I wait to tell the people I love that I love them? Why would I wait to share those things eating me up inside? Uh, Why would I wait to say sorry? Why would I wait to just love fearlessly? every day and what would that look like um it's i guess a question that i ask myself and a challenge that i pose to myself i think that most people have had an experience of losing um someone that they love a parent a grandparent a friend a pet and in the wake of that there can be a real sense of being sobered to what really matters in life. I know that when I lost my friend in 2019, so much stuff stopped mattering to me in, in the wake of that. Um, I just didn't care about so many of the petty desires and frustrations and superficialities and egoic bullshit that I normally would have. I just got really grounded and really sobered to what actually matters. There's something that feels so fucking good about that. And then, over time, maybe uh, some healing happens, time passes, and then it can be easy to slip back in to that um, more mundane or mediocre way of moving through life. Not not having that sacred, reverential, this matters, people are sacred, um, not having that perspective. I've noticed those two ways of, of moving through the world. And my homework that I give myself, and it's an ongoing assignment, um, is to try to occupy that place where life is more real and what what really matters is the empathy the love the connection um all the shit that you know will matter on your deathbed because we're all gonna die like these lives are short these lives are fragile these lives are so fucking sacred and we do have the choice once we've experienced that sobering perspective in the wake of losing somebody We now have that open in us. We know what that is. We can go there. And going back to the David Berman story, 
um, if I didn't say this clearly, one of the realizations I had was if you're seeing David Berman and all these other people in this sacred, hallowed, reverential way, can you see people who are still alive in that way? Don't wait for people to die to see their grace, their dignity, their sanctity, their beauty, their forgivableness. Don't wait. If you can do it to them, you can do it to the people who you see every day. You know, if you can do it to the friend who passed away, if you can feel those feelings, make it a homework assignment to feel that for the people you're around all the time. And it's not easy. You know, I'm, I'm saying this in a monologue to myself as much as I'm saying it to the listener, to you. Because my, my process with all of this is still, um, well, it's an ongoing assignment, like I said. My heart opens and closes, opens and closes. And I know that when I'm capable of stretching myself into that, that reverential perspective of seeing others in, in a sacred way, of really stretching my empathy open, of remembering, whoa, this person is on a journey and they're going to they're gonna be gone. We all die. That thought itself is like, it can be for me that thought alone can be a pathway to opening up my empathy. Walking down the sidewalk with the awareness that every person I see is here for this sacred life that's, that began and is going to end, that alone opens up my empathy somehow. And playing with that, um, playing with that empathy, learning how to open up that empathy... It makes me a better person to be around for others. And it's also like drinking a magic tonic as far as what it does inside of me. It's so nourishing. It's so profoundly beautiful. Oh my God. Just talking about it feels good. There's an obvious benefit of us learning to stretch that empathy open. And when we do that, Sometimes people will feel like, I don't want to do that because people aren't going to be nice in return. Well, that might be true. Not everybody does this. In fact, a lot of people don't. A lot of people, um, we can open our hearts and see them in this reverential, sacred way. And they might just be kind of mean to us. They might not even notice. But that's not the point. The point is to do it because why wait? They, so if they're choosing to wait, that's cool. That's fine. But for me, I know too much. Why wait? And hey, I'm also going to fuck up and be an asshole sometimes. But when I'm fully resourced, when I have the choice... It's, um, it's an art, it's a practice, and it's beautiful, and it's fun. Even when it's not reciprocated, it's so rewarding. Because like I said, when you go to that place of empathy, of really seeing others in a sacred way, it does something very good inside of you. It's like drinking a tonic. 
It feels so fucking good. I think that's going to be all for today. That's the extent of this conversation for now on a post-death perspective on life. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope the both of us have some fun stretching our empathy open and not waiting to love. Doing it now. Challenging ourselves and uh, getting busy with that. Until next time, take care. <laughs>